authenticity on purpose discussions and magical moments. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim and Eden. Hello, everybody. Hope everyone's doing well. And we're very excited. We talked about this a few weeks ago on coming off of our Prince episode month, um, five year anniversary of when he transitioned. And we said we were so excited about having this person on our show. And so we're gonna get right to it. Dwayne Tudal is an award-winning author who has worked in entertainment for over 30 years and has produced and or directed documentary programming for History Channel, CBS, GTV, Fox, Discovery, PAX, and more. He has been an editor on multiple Emmy-nominated programs, including Intervention and Unsolved Mysteries. He is a former stand-up comic, that's awesome, and has been writing about Prince and the Minneapolis scene for over 25 years. We have, we have many, many, many Prince admirers that listen to our shows, so they're going to be excited. His first book being Prince in the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions, 1983 and 1984, and his second book coming June 10th, Prince and the Parade, Sign of the Times Era Studio Sessions, 1985 to 1986. Um, and Elton John wrote the foreword of his book, so we'll talk about that. That's magical. Oh my gosh, guess what you guys, as we're talking about Vicky and Bobby from the revolution, Vicky just texted me. <laughs> she, she felt the vibes. Yes, she must have felt, she's very intuitive. Yeah, <laughs> well, we love them. So um, anyways, well, let's get to it because we have a lot of things to ask Dwayne. Great. Yes, okay. Well, first, first, off, question... first, off, first off, before we start off, yes. I'm just happy to see smiles because right now everybody's wearing a mask and you can't see smiles. <laughs> and I think that it's it's difficult because a lot of people are feeling down about, yeah. about you know, just you, you go to the store and you see all kinds of things happening and you can't actually um, see how people are. And and I think yeah. being able to see you guys is is really, I think it's, I think these kind of things are great because you guys both have big smiles and it's just nice to, to feel welcome and, and be happy and find joy. Well, I want to make sure you guys know that. So that's thank nice. you. Nice to hear that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and good to see your face too. Yes. <laughs> okay. So about your new book. Yes. So like we just talked about Bobby Z, um, he wrote in, in the book, thank you, Dwayne, for keeping Prince and all of our hard work and legacies alive. And then we have Susanna Melvoin, who's also a friend to us. Um, she wrote, Dwayne Tudal has a potent, powerful mind. His ability to connect person, place, and thing is worthy of a musician, historian, and archivist medal. I'm thrilled he's continuing his work with Prince's Music History and keeping it clear and readily available to the next generation of musicians and fans who would benefit from this extraordinary artist, Prince, and how he worked and created and, and created joy. Questlove says it's his favorite book ever. Wow. Wow. That's a big deal. <laughs> he said that about the first book. He hasn't said that about the second book, but I think he's going to like the second book. So well, yeah, yeah. He probably loves this he, one more. He already, he already loves this one, I'm sure. But I loved how I just watched the Oscars and I loved how he put Prince music throughout the Oscars. And there was right. like three Isn't different. Isn't that great? Wasn't that great? Yeah. And some uh, obscure songs too. So. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I heard all about it. And I'm like, that's really exciting. I'm happy they did that. I know. Yeah. I love yeah. it. 
So nice. wait, I'm That's gonna perfect. chime in. I'm gonna chime in and also just add in that the just again what we talked about Kim said in the beginning that Elton John wrote the foreword for this yes. second book. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um the Elton John thing came along in a very funny way because um my wife and I were watching uh, Elton John at a um, fundraiser for the WHO uh, last year in March or something when the pandemic started going. And I, we were sitting there watching this and we, I didn't know who I'd want to have. I, I knew who I wanted to have for the pod, for the uh, forward. And I said to her, wouldn't it be great if Elton John did this? And we laughed about it. Cause like Elton John's like here, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm way under that. And, and, I thought oh, that'd be great. And the next day, a friend of mine named Matthew Bitone. Matthew is a um, a uh, person who is a Prince collector. I've known Matthew for thirty some odd years. We used to collect Prince stuff and just sit there playing stuff in his in his apartment uh, back in nineteen ninety. You know, years ago. And he called me and said, "How would you feel about uh, Elton John being your forward?" Oh my god! And I was like, you know, again, we're talking about you know the same way with Vicky just reaching out to you. It's, you know, it's like sometimes the universal energy starts to just, you know, you start finding things attract. And I said, yeah, you know, that would be amazing. <laughs> and uh, then we worked on it for about 10 or 11 months, literally from March until January when it came through and we were still not knowing, you know, I, I sent him a book in September. He read it. He loved it, said, we're going to do this, but you know, you can't ask Elton John to, you know, look at the clock. You just, yeah. you, if you get it great. And I didn't have a plan B. I thought, you know what? I'm going to put all my energy into this and to, to, to have him. And it's, I don't know if you guys got a chance to read it. Is that in the book? Yeah. Oh, then yeah. you see he, he's, it's charming. It's, it's so funny. down to earth. Yeah. It's, it's it, it, giving people a little bit of background what what he does in it. He talks about meeting Prince and going up to him and saying, you know, I'm a big fan of your music. Uh, my name's Elton John. And as he's saying this, Prince just turns and walks away. And he's like, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm Elton John. And uh, the next time he says, he sees Prince and Princess, you want to play on, on stage? Sure. What do you want to play? Uh, well, let's play good, Long and Winding Road. And he's like, I, I don't really know the song. And he said, don't worry, you're on stage with me. It'll be fine. And he starts singing it and Prince walks off to the side. And he's like, and he's like, he keeps dogging Elton John out. And Elton John said, basically, he had so much respect for the guy because he was so far above everybody else that he's willing to accept it. I thought if Elton John who really is about as big as you get, um, accepts that eccentricity of Prince and the shyness of Prince because he respects him so much, you know, that's that's the biggest compliment you could ever have, mm. you know, because Elton John could easily just said, you know, nuts to this, I'm out of here. And yet right. he said, you know what, I, I respect him, I wanna do something with him and it worked out. And I thought, you know, the fact that he wrote this, the fact that he even knew my name, you know, was just mind blowing. So it's, yeah, it's, kind, of a, it's yeah. kind of a cool thing. So he's your friend now. Well, I've never met him. Never met him. That's, never it talked to him. Doesn't matter. Well, sure, we're, we're 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 tight buds. Um, but it's yeah. funny. Do you look at the cover of a book and you think my name's on there, Elton John's on there, and Prince's name on there? I'm thinking that's beautiful. One of these things is not like the other. Iconic. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. But it's it. But it's really it's a humbling and it's amazing. And he, I can't wait till people can read it because it's a. It's it's the kind of forward that only somebody who's a superstar rock uh, legend could write, and that's amazing. So I'm, you know. Yeah, and at, at at the end part of the forward, doesn't he talk about how they finally did play together? Yes, like a full song, and mm -hmm. and Prince stayed there with him 
Um, so it is, it's such an it's enjoyable, great. Great. it makes me feel like you're there hanging out without John hearing a story. It's, it's fun. And that I, I, again, I'm, I'm so grateful for Matthew B. Tone for, he worked hard on getting this done and, and he's been a friend, like I said, for three decades, but man, that was just, I mean, uh, the gift of that is just phenomenal. So I'm, I'm forever in his debt and forever in, in Elton John's debt and his husband's debt and everybody who was involved with this. Cause it just, it's, it's beyond humbling to have Elton John involved in any project you're doing. Right. Yeah, That's so, yeah. so cool. Well, I'm sure Prince had, I'm sure you're getting some little help from Prince up there as well. So, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how how and, and to go a little bit, but doesn't it seem like sometimes Prince has ways of influencing things? You know, oh, yeah, you're yeah. sad and you turn on the radio and it's a, a song that's perfect for that mood, yeah. or even just randomly, you're like, boy, I'm feeling something, and you turn on the radio and it's it's a song that brings you up, and you're thinking, or or you meet somebody and they're singing the same song or whatever it is. There's something I know that I don't want to deify him, but there's something about this connection that we all feel through him and yeah. and there's things that happen and i don't know how to explain it that happen that kind of reinforce your 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 not faith but your um appreciation of prince yeah and he yeah. He, he brought us together with you yes exactly exactly yeah. the revolution show and things like that so yes exactly so now, yeah. and, and 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 you know when you guys are writing stuff it's it, i'm happy to help out with anything Oh, well, uh, we need your help. You. We'll talk to you later about that. <laughs> oh, great! I would love it. No, it, yes. they, they say what a teacher is only somebody who's done somebody who's just done something one step ahead of you. And I, I happen to have a book. I'm happy to help out. You know, and I've helped out several friends that are they're working on books, and because I, I needed that, and I got help from Matthew Beton when it came to this. Or Questlove wrote the forward for the first book, and I'm in right. his debt. And and you just you got to pay back. So, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I know you've always been so down to earth and humble Dwayne. So I think that's a beautiful thing. No egos, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, you. I just, I remember, I want to say something nice about you. When we were oh. backstage at that concert, he was the only, I mean, just because I can't say for sure, for certain, but what I was vibing, you were the only down to earth, humble person in that room. What? <laughs> well, <laughs> we, I don't know about we that. We were talking to you. Vicky so, humble. I yeah, wasn't in the room. Andre wasn't in the room, she was humble. Yeah. yeah. Was it just the three of us in the room? <laughs> <laughs> no, there were a lot of people that were like kind of unapproachable. So I like oh. talking to you. I'm sorry. I didn't even notice them. So I, I, I'm, I was happy to talk to you guys. I've had a great yeah. time. Guys. That was a lot Thank of fun. You. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I can't wait so, till they can tour again. I can't wait till they can tour again. I get, are going to. Well, it's coming I want to get the revolution on yeah. the road. I want to get the NPG on the road. I want to get Oh, the family of F Deluxe on the road. I want to get all these bands on the road again. Oh, that would oh. be just, if they all could be together in one big, oh, like, that'd be yeah, yeah. so magical. I know. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they're, I think they're all, they'd be ready for it, you know? Oh, they've had a year or two. <laughs> you had to kind of get, prep, get the time out there. I, I want all these bands. I want all these bands. Let's yes. have a week. Let's have a week where every night at First Avenue they play. You know, oh my one, God. Band, that'd wouldn't be that be amazing. the best? You know, a Sunday to Sunday, just the, the family, Sheila. The, the time revolution, the, you know, oh my God, wouldn't be the be best. <laughs> All right. Was, see, you're prophesizing something else is going to happen now. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. It started right here. It started right here. Okay. I'm sure I'm the first person to ever <laughs> think of that. Yes. yes. Dwayne, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to get hired to be the manager. Yeah, my name's going to be on the ticket. Yeah, Dwayne Tudor <laughs> presents. Yeah, this is great. So you, you were a stand-up comic, which that is just like, how did you go from being a stand-up comic to going into, like, how did you get into writing about Prince going from that to that and the documentaries and everything you've done? 
Um, the bottom line is I'm a storyteller. I like stories. And my comedy was about stories. The best comedy comes from stories that you can relate to and things like that. Um, and so I did that. Documentaries were the same way. You're telling a story. You know, I could, you could do a documentary about, you know, the middle of a street and nobody would care. But if you do a documentary about some, a place that people can't go, a room somewhere or a recording studio, people would be interested in seeing that. You know, getting behind the scenes stuff has always been fascinating to me. Um, so when I started doing documentaries, I did one about uh, an album called A Very Special Christmas by um, that had, gosh, Whitney Houston on it and uh, U2 and all this other stuff. I remember that. I have yeah, that still. Yeah, it was a great. And so we interviewed Bono and we interviewed Stevie Wonder for this and interviewed all these other people through the Special Olympics. And it was really fun to kind of meet these run DMC and, and I produced mm -hmm. this thing. And it was fun going, you're basically going into a room you're not supposed to go into. And that's always been a, a, a thing for me. So when I started, I, I've been working on this book, well, the first book for about 20 years. And wow. I started writing it when I was working on a magazine called Uptown Magazine. Uptown Magazine is a big Prince magazine for anybody who's mm -hmm. familiar with that. And it would be, we do a lot of stories. We interviewed a lot of people. And along the way, I started talking to a guy named Pierre Nelson who wrote a book called The Vault and another one called DMSR. And I said, it'd be kind of fun to write this book about studio sessions because the Beatles have a book about that and all this other stuff. And, and he said, yeah, yeah, we'll never get that done because it's too big. And I started nibbling at it and nibbling at it for 20 years. And then my wife finally oh, said to me, are you going to do this or are you going to make this an expensive hobby? And I thought, yeah, I mean, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I, I took, I was close and I took about a month and a half and just sat and wrote. And I finished the book, first book up um, about a month before Prince passed. And oh. in March of 2016, and it was, it was, so I was really close to the subject matter. And then when he, he passed, it's still tough to talk about that time. Um, Cause we all use other words besides, you know, um, that, but it was, it was like, it was really profound to do this. And I thought, I don't want to, I don't want to come out with a book. And I asked some of the people I interviewed, Susan Rogers and things like that. And they said, you should come out with a book. You've been working on this for two decades, Yeah. but I didn't want to be that guy coming out with a book right away. You know, look at this. Um, and the toughest thing about that book when I, when I did that was changing all the things from Prince is to uh, Prince was. Mm. So you have to go through 500 pages of, oh my of, gosh. of making it past tense. Yeah. And that, that, that was, that was tough. And then when I did that, I didn't know people would enjoy it and people did. And then people said, can you do a second book? And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm tired. I'd like a week <laughs> off. And nobody said, yes, you can have time off. They said, you know, crack two. And so I got working on the second book and it took about two, two and a half years working on the second book, but I'd already been working on the second book along with the first book. So it was like, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's a natural progression. This is, this literally picks up the hour that the first book stops. So yeah. it's kind of a, you know, you guys have read it. Have you guys looked through the book, haven't you? Yeah. Yes. It, it is uh, extensive and, and awesome. It's a heavy yeah. book. You'll throw your back out with it, you know. So anyway, that's that's kind of how. I, well, what's that? Sorry, have you met Prince? No, did I did you, not. Did you? So you didn't. No, meet I did him. not. I will eventually, but no, I I uh, um, I did not. Unfortunately, I never worked with him. How many times did you see him live? Oh gosh, uh, not enough. I think that's the answer. Um, probably about sixteen to twenty, I guess. Not. Okay. I mean, I know people that have seen him hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, my big regret was he played in Los Angeles the, the in 2010 and played like 20 shows or 21 shows. And I went to one. And I, I went like, to one too. Yeah, I, I kept thinking, oh, there's all time. There's time. And I think the lesson yeah. I learned with this is no, there's not. You you need to do what the, you need to do when you can. 
Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a second time. Yeah. It's true. Like I, I can't believe I only saw him seven times. And so I, I took that as a learning lesson. And so last, or I guess now it's been a year and a half ago when we saw Queen with Adam Lambert, we loved it so much that we went and spent like crazy amounts of money and got tickets to see it again the next day. Wow. Cause I'm see? like, you know what, this time I'm going to learn my lesson yeah. and go, you know, no, that's the way I feel too. It's like, you know, with a celebration and it's like, of course I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to go up there because if I don't, I will miss out on things. And at the end, you know, I may have, I may work every day and stuff like this, but I, you, you want to have those things that kind of feed your soul. Yes. And, and live that. music does that because I think even when we went to see the revolution, there's a, a, um, a feeling of your, your, it's a gathering. And, and that's why I enjoyed Prince shows is you always felt like he was talking intimately to you, but you're in a crowd of thousands. And you can look over the next person, they're singing the same words, having a different experience uh, with the song, but you are connected. And you're in a room with, you've got 75% in common with all these people. And you're thinking, yeah. this is a giant family that, you know, you don't get other places. And live music kind of brings that back to us. And one of the cool things about live music is it sends out this vibe, you can get goosebumps. And, and even when you're listening to good music and you get goosebumps, you're, you're getting that because of this energy that's coming toward you. And, and it, Prince was the master at, at making you feel like he was talking to you, even though he's talking to everyone. So, right. Yeah. Absolutely agree. So in, in your book, in the beginning of your new book, Prince and the Parade, Sign of the Times Era Studio Sessions, 1985 to 1986, you explained that you- Which is a very long title, by the way, a very yeah, long title. Yeah, but it's important. It rolls right um, off the tongue. <laughs> but I think it's fascinating that you you wrote that you needed to tell his story. What what was the deepest reason you feel that was in you? That's like it's part of your life's purpose. Yeah. So so what do you feel that is? That's a great that's a great question. Um, I think when somebody gives to you so much, and I I often feel and I didn't know Prince, um, but you feel like you owe somebody who gives to you something back. And I wanted to do my little part in letting people know how extensive he worked to make everybody happy. Um, and there's a joy in what he did. And if I have a small part in sharing that joy with people, that's something, you know, and, and I think we all, um, I've said this before, but, and, uh, um, you know, we all find things in our life that jobs that feed our family, but you find something that feeds your soul. You want to, you want to pursue that. And writing the book is a, is a nonstop thing. It's a, it's a lot of work, um, but there was something joyful about it. And I think one of the big things I find is, is Prince found his joy with music. You know, he's, you can see it in his face when he's, you know, singing and playing and you just see this goofy, playful guy that he found his joy in music. And that's why he went to the studio because he just loved doing this. And I think that he shared that joy with all of us. And I felt like, you know what? karmically or whatever you want to call it there was something about me that wanted to give back and let people know this is worth noticing and this is not worth noticing because it's entertaining but because it, it brings something inside of you and 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 if you go looking for joy you'll find it and i think that that's the thing that i found with that is his music brought that not just to me but to all of you and to so many people out there when he died i mean look at all the the world lit up in purple you know, yeah. everywhere was purple and you're going, and I think the funny thing to me is when, when he passed, I kind of thought I was in a small group up until that point. I knew there was a lot of people who loved him, 
but I always thought I was just, you know, kind of a, there's a couple of us nuts and, you know, but then <laughs> you see that the world yeah. came alive. And there was something about that communal thing that just, I, I don't know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. It just made me feel like, oh my God, I've got a bigger family than I realized. And it is. the big dysfunctional, crazy family <laughs> of people all over the world who were sad and, and it's true. Yeah. And we, we lost you know, the, 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 yeah. the energy, yeah. like what you say, Dwayne, is that like, I remember going to probably like throughout the two years after he passed, going to like 10 different Prince tributes and events and, and gatherings and things in Minnesota. And, and they all had this energy that was like indescribable. Yep. Yep. Like everyone loving everyone with peace. I'm having so many goosebumps. He's like here listening to us. Um, happy. But no, it's it, he created this energy for people to come together and be peace and love like what God wanted us to be. Right. I agree. I think the thing that I've found is, is there is a uh, acceptance uh, among people that are fans and you don't see people fighting at these at at parties that you know we've all gone to these concerts we've all gone to, and and there's not an anger right there's there's a joy in what he sings and even his sad songs we're all kind of hugging and and swaying along and things like this there's a a, a thing that bonds us and and if somebody can do that that's not i i like some some other music i you know like I'm a huge music fan in general but when somebody conveys that sort of love and and uh and joy there, there, it's, it's, you can deny it, but then you're just hurting yourself. And to yeah. me, it's like, I, I, I want that. I want more, especially the way the world is. Yeah. Bring on the joy. I, I'm, I'm, I'll open myself up to that. And yeah, I may get hurt sometimes because I'm open to joy and don't always get it, but I'm going to keep looking for it. And, and oh. I had that with that. And I think a lot of us had that peace that he was sharing with us. And, and our, the, the, the leader of our, of our group is gone. So yeah. we kind of have to do the heavy lifting now ourselves. And so I'm happy to do my, my small part in, in, in spreading that to, to my daughter, who's 11, to other people in the next generation, to people that aren't even born yet, to let them know that legacy-wise, this is something you want to pay attention because not just, it wasn't just he was vital, he is vital. And I think right. that's important, yeah. I, beautifully described, yeah. My 14-year-old daughter is so happy that we took her to a Prince concert when she was five. I bet. I bet. Yeah. She brags about it. Sure. It's like saying, well, it's, it's like saying, you, you know, you saw the Beatles or you saw the, you know, something it's, it, there's a, there's a thing you can pass on and, and there is nobody like him. There was nobody before like him and there won't be anybody that replaced him. That's just, there'll be other musicians who are amazing, but there's not gonna be another Prince. And that's, right. that's the thing that, you know, and those of us who saw him in concert felt that vibe or, or experienced it in real time. That's the other thing is, we got to experience this in real time. Other people are going to have a stack of 40 CDs and go, here you go. <laughs> we got to spend a year with each album yeah. going, oh, 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 and learning and absorbing and, and looking forward to it. And I think that the sad thing is we don't have that to look forward to now with him. So mm -hmm. we kind of have to, we no longer going to what he's going to do next. It's what he did. And we can reflect on what he did, uh, his charity work, his, you know, his, um, just his inspiration to a lot of musicians. I, most musicians, he's one of these rare musicians that you have fans loving him, critics loving him, and sales. And, and, and you know, it's like it, it, you've got every, and other musicians loving him is what I meant. Wow. So all three of those things, 
you don't have that kind of thing. You have bands that are popular, you have bands that are critically acclaimed, but to have all three things kind of wrapping up is, is kind of rare. And so, you know, and, and it just, and the other thing about him, his music is there's a, he's funk, he's, he's country, he's pop, he's, you know, rock. It's his own genre. And, right. and that's the thing that I think is, is something you can hear a song and go, oh, it's Prince, you know, and it's, and you, when you hear, you hear him doing rock or you hear him doing things, it's not like he's pretending. Right. He's like it's, an anomaly. Yeah, like exactly. there's no one ever out there like. Right. And, and, and you, you hear the layers of different things and the influences he had, and they all come out in this one thing and you hear him, you know, screaming or whatever, singing. And you know what, you know that. And, and there's something about that. Even his protege project, you're going, ah, oh, that's, that's him. You mm-hmm. can hear it. You know, and, and, and even more so in retrospect, when you look through the book, you'll see all the things he did for people, you know, the, whether the first book, The Time or The Family or, you know, uh, Taja Seville or Jill Jones, Madhouse. You go through all these things and you're going, oh, yeah, I, I, I feel the thread through all this. Yeah, he made so many groups. He made so yeah. many singers. He made his own competition. What kind of nutcase <laughs> does that? You know, they say, I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to get to number one, but I'm going to make other people that chase me there. That's right. that's crazy. But <laughs> well, he, he was a little crazy. Yeah, and that's I think, the <laughs> I think the other thing is he was a little crazy in things, and and we all look at it and think maybe I can be a little crazy too. Maybe yeah. I can be an artist. Maybe I can you know dress the way I want to dress, or maybe I can act. You know, whatever it is. And you just look at it and think, he didn't care. Maybe he did, but he did what he wanted to do. And that's, if nothing else, that's inspirational to everybody, you know? And, and he wasn't like doing bad things. He might've been doing bad things, I don't know. But the things <laughs> he was giving us were good things. And, yeah. and he, he said, you know what? Even at the peak of his success, when he was, you know, after Purple Rain, he could have done it. He could have taken five years off like Michael Jackson would do. And mm-hmm. we would have all been excited for the next project. He's like, no, no, the, the tour's over. Three days later, whatever it is, I'm going to come out with another album. And you're like, when did you do this? You know, that right. he was he was back in the studio immediately. And when by everybody the time, was sleeping, he was doing exactly, that. Exactly. By, yeah. by the time Around the World a Day came out, he'd already started working on the next album. He was yeah. like, nope, nope, I'm, just, I'm a couple albums ahead. That is somebody who's so dedicated to that. That's his purpose. And, and yeah. you, you, you got to respect when somebody finds that, that thing that, that makes them alive. And he did. And he shared it with us. And that's the big thing for me. Hmm. So what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to a different question, Kim. On uh, page 109 of the book, you have a quote by Prince where he talks about when doves cry and kiss being gifts from a higher place. <laughs> Uh, that you have to get, oh, from a higher place that you have to get out. Do you think a lot of his music was channeled or came from a higher power? Um, he, gosh, I, I'm sure he would say it came from, you know, a higher power. He, he, he was, I mean, he would seem to be a funnel for this stuff. Whether he would, that's probably one of the reasons he stayed awake so much is because you don't know when the, the music's going to come in. And, and I found in life that, I don't know how to explain this, but music feels different at night. Do, do you know, does that make sense? You can mm-hmm. hear music during the day and you're like maybe distracted by light. and But at night, there's a focus on music. And he did a lot of his recording at night. And I don't know if that was the thing. I don't know. But it just seems like to me, there's a uh, there's certain albums I'll play when I'm driving. And it really hits me at night as opposed to during the day. 
Um, and I, I often wonder whether or not he got that too, because he recorded all night. But I know that he was pulling things from everybody who was telling me he'd be pulling things out of the air. And whether that was being sent to him or whether he was just in tune with this, I don't know. Yeah. But the guy could write three songs in a day. And, and you know, of the three songs, maybe two of them were really good. You know, and who does that? Most bands go in the studio, record drums. The next day they come in and tweak the drums, you know, and things like this. And, and this is a guy that say, you know what? Give me two hours. I'm going to come up with a, a, a song yeah, and, and a good song and a song that's going to be, that's going to speak to you. That's, that's phenomenal that somebody could do that and do that repeatedly. You know, a lot of musicians come up with one good song and they kind of do variations of that for the next, however them off will, you know, however much they can sell it. Yeah. And he was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. But when Doves Cry sounds nothing like Purple Rain, which sounds nothing like Kiss, which sounds nothing like, you know, I want to be your lover. It sounds nothing, you know, it's just, he had, mm -hmm. he had this range of stuff and, and it's hard not to respect that. So I don't know whether or not he pulled it from, you know, whether it was just given to him or whether it was in tune with it. I don't know, but whatever it was, he definitely was on a different vibration yeah. than most anybody, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, about his, his relationship with the revolution in your January, 1985 section of the new book, you discuss the revolution at that time being his family that he trusted. And Lisa said that there was the human normal side of Prince that reached out to create the revolution. And then later in the August, 1986 section, Eric Leeds remembers Prince's fear of the revolution, eventually not needing him. How did the revolution stand apart from the rest of the bands and people he worked with? And do you think he should have stuck with them? Mm -hmm. Wow. Controversial. Uh, yeah, that's a, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I love the revolution. I, I make no bones about it. They're, they're the, we, a lot of us learned, I, I learned about Prince through controversy, uh, the, the album, not the magazine, um, and started to learn about the revolution. But most fans, learned about the revolution through Purple Rain. So they became, it was it was understood that they were going to be together. And so I think it was a big shock when all of a sudden they um, stopped performing together. It was, uh, you know, a lot of us were really surprised by that. Do I think he should have stayed with him? I, th I would love to have seen he, if he did something like Bruce Springsteen did, where he had the E Street Band and then stopped him and then came back once they all kind of mm. matured and grew. I would love to have seen what the revolution did after learning. Uh, I think Wendy and Lisa are, are better musicians now than they were. I think, you know, Matt always, Matt Fink always amazes me. Bobby's still right there with his, with his drumming. And Brown Mark is, is phenomenal on bass and, and you see them live and you go, okay, I, I get why he wanted them up on stage. If Prince chooses you to be on stage, there's no questioning why Prince chooses you to be on stage. He, he chose you. Mm -hmm. When he chooses not to have certain people on stage, it's the same thing. I wouldn't second guess the guy. Um, would I like to see them do more? Yeah, but if I did, um, we might not have gotten Sign of the Times. You know, we might not have gotten Love Sexy. And those are really vital things for me too. I, uh, I think it's important to enjoy all the things he did and, and his decisions like that. Do I think they were different? Probably, but there's reasons for that. Part of the reason was he was young. And this is who he came up with in many ways. And so for him to have them close by, these were his friends. These were people that he knew before he was, a lot of them, Bobby and uh, Dr. Fink and, you know, things before he was Prince. And, and yeah. you know, he knew Lisa for a long time. And, and 
So he grew up with these people, and he could talk to them in different ways, probably than other bands later. Does that mean other bands later are not good? No, because Prince always surrounded himself with phenomenal people who may not always been, you know, an Eddie Van Halen, but they blended with Prince perfectly. And he right. knew the part, like any song he's creating, he knew the parts that were necessary. Sorry about that. Um, he knew the parts necessary to make his sound. Yeah. And yeah. the people he invited on stage are there to embellish his sound. And uh, so the revolution was perfect for that at the time. And, you know, am I sad that they broke up? Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's watching a family break up. You know, it's, it's like watching a friend's marriage break up. And it's painful. Um, and I, I know it was probably painful for all of them. But at the same time, Prince is an artist and is going to decide what he wanted to do. And, and, you know, there may be albums that he did that I'm going, okay, you know what? doesn't really hit me, but I'll, I'll meet you on the other side of that one. And I'll catch you on that one. And so an artist is going to make a decision that the artist feels. From what I understood, part of the reason why he did break them up was because he felt vulnerable and felt like if, um, if they have the ability to hurt him, he'd rather hurt them first, you know, and, and I know that sounds bad, a lot of people are like that. If, you know, we've all been in relationships where you're thinking, oh, is, is this person going to break up with me? I don't want them to break up with me. I'm going to break up with them. And I think that he was somebody who, who felt like didn't want to feel vulnerable. And this is not me speculating. This is what the people who were close to him said to me. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of have to – part of the, the important thing when I'm writing this stuff in this book are making sure that the voices of the people who are there are speaking as opposed to me just hot air – blowing out of me. Um, yeah. You know, I want to make sure that the voices of everybody telling these stories is there so that they're kind of conveying what it was like to be in the room with this guy. And, and they were all very honest about the good parts and the, the parts that didn't work out or the, you know, all this stuff. <clears throat> and that's, that's to me, part of the fun of a book like this is seeing how all these pieces interweave and hearing stories that one person starts and the next person adds to, and the next person adds to. So you get building of a story as opposed to just one person narrating a thing. So I had all the revolution, I think all the family, all of Apollonia 6, narrating basically what went on. And you know, engineers and probably about 48 people, 50 people wow. interviewed extensively for this. And that's, you know, you want to have a chorus. And the chorus is, is telling you this stuff and, and in a way that one person or one voice couldn't do. And I think that, so I back off and let them talk. Nobody wants to hear my, my yakking, you know, they want to hear what they got to say. And that's, so I wanted them to speak. So. Right. Yeah. So about what you said about Prince, his vulnerability, you heard that from others. It's really fascinating, vulnerable and revealing in the March, 1986 section of your book, when you write about Prince as being nervous of being on stage and how he seemingly admitted it in his own words to the audience. He said at that time, sometimes when you stand up here, you know, when I'm here and I get real jittery because of this and it just feels really nice. That's all I can say, see what it is. Love will make you shake. You know what I'm saying in all forms of the word. And right there, him saying that we see a human non-ego aspect of Prince. Later in December 1986 section of your book, Susan Rogers explains that there was a level of vulnerability he would not approach. Do you find in your, you know, historian, you know, expertise of Prince that he would let his guard down often or admit these types of vulnerabilities to others or would he kind of stay mysterious? I think he stayed mysterious. I think he was always Prince. 
you know, I think that that was the big thing from what I understand. Again, all this stuff I'm saying is from what I, I'm, I'm getting secondhand. I, I was not right. with this stuff. So I always want to make sure that somebody doesn't walk in and think, who's this guy? You know, um, but it's, from what I understood is he let his guard down with the people around him, but he was always in control, always, you know, always in charge and always the decision maker. And I think that um, it's interesting when he said that in concert, is that First Avenue, you know, for him to kind of be admitting that. And I think I got another quote in there from Wally, Wally Safford, who talks about how Prince had to drink some tea before a lot of shows and things. And I'm thinking, it doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense to me because to us, he seems like the most confident performer of our generation. To know that this is a guy who sometimes would be nervous is, is kind of humanizing, you know? And yeah. I think that it makes his performance that much more important and that much more revealing to me because he didn't, I think Peggy McCreary said something, I don't know if it's in this book, but I think it was, where she said he was always Prince. He's never made a mistake and you never saw him, um, you know, you never saw him trying to drink a drink or something and missing the sprawl oh, like that. <laughs> you didn't see him trip. You didn't see him fall. Yeah. And when he did, he kind of covered it up as much as he could. And, and I think there's a quote, Wendy or Lisa said that Prince had said, if you're going to make a mistake, make it twice because then it looks like you, you meant to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And and you go to a Prince show and you you see kind of perfection. And yeah. I think it's because he was so good at what he did. He rehearsed and worked it and, you know, drilled the band. And, and you know, I think he said to one person uh, one time, you know, this is, you know, they were like, this isn't fun. He's like, I'm not paying you to have fun. I'm paying you to make the audience have fun. And, <laughs> and you go, and you go, oh, yeah, that's, that makes sense. You know, it may not be fun being drilled and being, you know, this is right. how you do it. And every night there's a rehearsal and, and, and work in the band to the point where it's in your DNA. And then he changes it the next day. You know, that was great. <laughs> and you learned it. Now we're doing this. And that's, you know, the people that are around him really did dedicate everything to him. And, and you got to give all the people who played with him, not just the revolution, but across the board. If you were up on stage with Prince repeatedly, he liked what you did. But he would be, he also knew that you could be, you could make his stuff sound the way he, he heard it. And if you couldn't, you were gone. And you see that, you know, the, every, he had people that would come in for a little while and that was that. Mm -hmm. But you saw the people that stayed with him for years. Matt Fink was with him for years. Bobby was with him for years. Lisa, you know, and, and, and the revolution was only there really as a band, solid band for like three years. Yeah, you know, eighty three to eighty six, and that's and that's literally it. But it's most people that are not super nerds like us. You say Prince, and they go, oh, "Prince of the Revolution." Yeah, yeah. That would be me. Yeah. That's all yeah, I okay. knew. Okay, yeah. see exactly, but that's that's exactly what you know. You're going, yeah, Prince of the Revolution mm -hmm. makes sense, and and they don't understand that. No, this is a sliver of his time, uh, but it's what I'm focusing on. This book, next book will be about another period, but that's yeah. what I'm. You know, that's that's the the thing I'm looking at right now is is what a good family he had with these people. And and mm -hmm. there was a pride. I think he was very proud of what they were doing, you know, and I think he was just afraid of 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 them hurting him. And he also wanted to go in a different direction. And, right. and you know, I think they would have been fine going in a different direction. I think the revolution would have been great doing sign of the times, but he chose not to. And it's not me to second guess him. I'm 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 a passenger. In this, in this thing. I'm not the driver. So I'll yeah. just say, I'll just enjoy the view, you know? Yeah. Great view, Prince. I Thanks. Agree. 
you know, so, yeah. So my, my next question was kind of what you just brought up is it, where, will there be a third book? I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Uh, <laughs> static sunspots. Um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's, it is, it is draining. I will, I will not lie to you here. It's, I'll show you that my, my wrist hurt. I have to wear these things on my wrist all the time. Oh, so constantly that I keep them right here. I, I keep them off camera. So I don't look like, you know, like I need those. Um, but yeah, I, I would like, to, I mean, I'm, I'm looked into, um, if I do the next one, it'd probably be uh, 87, uh, what, 87, 88, maybe, maybe even 87, 88 and 89. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but it would be like Black Album, Love Sexy, Batman. Mm. You know, that, that would be something I would enjoy. Or, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's kind of a forgotten little, little pocket. Or I might go back and do 1980 through 82, you know, which is Dirty Mind and you know, controversy in 1999, which is also great. And you got the oh time bombs and Vanity There's Six. So, so it's like, which, you know, which direction you want to go into. The thing is they took two or three years to do. And, and, you know, I just had a birthday and I'm getting older and, you know, there's a, there's, I got a daughter and I want to spend time with her. And, and, you know, so it's, it, and literally a book is one of these things you do every day, every night, every weekend, Christmas day, you're always writing. We went on a cruise one time, so I took a vacation a couple of years, several years ago, and I was still writing on the cruise. Oh my gosh! That, that kind of you know, but you have, you're like Prince. Well, if, if, hardly. But if you're gonna be <laughs> if you're gonna be focused on something, it has to it has to possess you, or else it's not gonna be you know you're not gonna get it done. And and a book that is this one's 700 pages, you know it, it's it's wow. crazy. So when you start looking at, it, I'm doing a quarter half a, a quarter of a million words in this book and all of it has to be researched precisely because there's gonna be somebody that finds something wrong in it you know mm -hmm. always be somebody says you know that's 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 not true man you know and, and so the whole i think the whole book is you know a load um so you kind of have to make sure you're as meticulous and, and and i go back to i went back to bobby and i went back to you know all these different people uh, susanna wendy uh susan rogers peggy mccreary all these people saying okay this is what was said is this accurate and, mm -hmm. and they would come back to me with more things or somebody would do a podcast with these people and I'd hear something new and I go, Oh, Oh my gosh, I gotta fit that <laughs> one in now. You know? Yeah. And so it's a gigantic puzzle and there's parts in it that are really fun that are said early on that sort of pay off later. It's, it is not just, this book isn't just a, um, a listing of dates and, and what he did. It's the story and is told through Prince's diary, which is his music, his words and his, the things he sings about, are the things he's thinking about. And and he has insults in his song. He has things that he's, he's goofing on somebody, um, nicknames, you know, all these things he's going through in his day. You gotta imagine, if you're gonna write three songs in a day, you gotta feed this animal. And so everything you do, every joke you hear and every conversation you have or somebody walking across the floor and the, their shoes hit, it's gonna be potential for another song. And and that's yeah. maybe, maybe that's what it was when we were talking earlier. Maybe he was just open to whatever the universe or God was giving to him to, uh, to turn into music ingredients. Here's, mm. here's your, here's your flour. Here's your sugar. Here's your frosting. Make a cake. And yeah. he made a cake every day. So, wow. You know, good analogy. Some dessert. Good, good, colorful way to say it. No, um, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I know. Me too. You can do uh, some pie. Well, do you guys have pie? I would like pie. If you can. <laughs> It'd be great. Thank you. Um, we've, are so blessed and honored that you came on our show and that we can call you a friend. And yes. 
Um, it was awesome. I mean, God, any anyone that's a Prince fan and anyone who's even just fascinated with music will love this episode and love your book. So can you tell everyone how can they buy your book, both books, and how to find you? Okay, um, there's several ways. Uh, first off, if you want to buy the book, you can buy it on Amazon um, or any, you know, your favorite bookstore. Or, like I say, probably the bookstores you don't like too. Um, but you can go to uh, Amazon. You can get it anywhere. If you want to get an autographed copy of it, go to DwayneTudal.com, which is D-U-A-N-E-T-U-D-A-H-L.com. And I sell the, uh, the next book, Pre-Sales, right now, um, which comes out at the beginning of June. Um, we we're trying to do it for June 7th, but it looks like June 10th is, is when it's going to come out. Um, but you can, you can purchase an autographed copy of it. I'll be sending those out as in order, you know, as they got in the orders. Um, so I'm hoping to get those out pretty soon after the book is released. Um, but you can, it's, it's in bookstores all around the world. So that wow. you, can, you can find it everywhere. Um, which is also one of the cool things is going to a store and, and seeing it on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you know I think amazing. books are one of these things that people, you know, um, I, I think I, I say in the beginning of the book, you know, something Prince said, he said, you know, a lot of things, records matter, black lives matter and, and, and books matter. And, and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's very true. How many times you had a conversation with somebody, you know, making an argument and they say, where did you learn that in a book? You know, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you, you've now given this book some sort of <clears throat> knowledge claim. And, and I think that's kind of the fun thing. So it's 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 an honor to have had people that want to tell their story, share it with me and want to be part of this. And and uh, I, I, I I'm always excited that that the revolution or the time or any of these bands kind of want to be part of this, you know, because mm -hmm. the rest of us want to learn about Prince. And I think when you learn more about him, you appreciate his music more and. <clears throat> sorry and that's always something amazing and and if i again if i have a small little part in that i'm i'm i lived a good life yeah absolutely so. all right well thank you so much i thank feel just all inspired like i just went to a prince event so nice. thank you Dwayne, and um we'll be in touch and we Sounds can't great. wait for everyone to give us feedback and we'll we'll send it out to you too Thank you. Everybody. And you also have a Facebook group. I'm sorry. There's a, there's a Facebook group called Prince and uh, Prince Studio Sessions, as I recall, something like that. Look it up. Look me on Facebook. If you can't find it, write to me and I'll direct you to the Facebook page. But there's about awesome. seven or eight thousand people in there. And oh. it's one big it's one big family of people that are. Oh, I got to find that one. I don't know yeah. if I'm on that one. Oh, so. well, well, awesome. Great. Very fun. Can we All promote, right, thank can you we promote this show listening. on there? I will promote the show. You, you know it. Of course I am. Of course. No, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, it, it was an honor. I, I love you guys and I'm, I'm flattered that you wanted to have me on here. So thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you at the next show. Yeah. All right. Love you too. Thanks everyone. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, Thanks. Bye. Bye. For more information on Eden, go to edensustin.com. For more information on Kim, go to kimlifecoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.